I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed, and you're listening to Stan, Rowe, and Camus on the SGP podcast. Shut up, Camus. Are you ready? listening to the SGP podcast. You are listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the SGP podcast. Stan C and Raf Camus recording here at the Balay. No Romaran this week because he's got adult. Then again, you and I, Camus, we did our fair share of adulting today too. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, so we shot a quick little feature for one of Camus' side gigs and I'm really excited to be on it. And uh, This actually is a very insightful side gig that allows you to show off a side that you don't always show, which is the positive representation of the Filipino Chinese community. Yeah, that's a very nice way of putting it, especially because when I portray the Mr. C character in PWR, it's the negative stereotypes played all the way up. And then now you get to show that, hey guys, we're not so terrible. We just eat in Gloria Maris a lot. You know, man, you know, well, we did eat at Gloria Maris. Look at you downplaying it for a change. No, no, no. I, I, think, I think my favorite part of this is, uh, and, and uh, for people who um, don't have the clear picture, it's a web series for Channel News Asia with Sab Magalona. Uh, it's a very entertaining conversation that we had over dim sum and mapo tofu. Uh, mapo tofu being a special order because of our uh, shared love for Cooking Master Boy. Yep. Um, okay, so my favorite part of the conversation, and I think our guest for this week, Anthony Quelli of Smart Henry, will enjoy this, is how being a Chinoy is kind of like being part of the Harry Potter wizarding world. In the sense that there, there is a section of the Chinese-Filipino community, napaka conservative, who stresses you, you have to maintain the purity of the blood. The same way that pure bloods also stress that, like the black family, the Lestrange family, the really hardcore, now you have to only marry a wizard. And if you marry someone who's non-Chinese, there's a bit of a reaction towards that. If you are a mudblood, or in the case of my analogy here, if you're a non-Chinese who went to a Chinese school, ibakaren. As in my case. Yes, like Camus. So Camus is pretty much like a mudblood in uh, the Harry Potter community. Or, so, I'm Hermione Granger in this situation. I didn't say you were Hermione Granger. You could very well be uh, Colin Creevy. You piece of shit. <laughs> Let's talk about wrestling before I fucking smack you on the side of the head. I gave you free airtime, sir. And painted you in a positive light. Well, thank you very much. So, this week's episode with uh, our guest reviewer who is not Chino Liao. Nope, it's Anthony Coelho joining us for this week because Chino had a performance with Third World Improv. They and had one the of night big before, events. yeah, the night before he had a comedy Manila up in Baguio. Yeah, so he so, was a very busy guy. So we got 
uh, Anthony here to join us because he was at the show noan. And I have to say this, Yo Chino, you missed out, boy. Oh yeah, you picked the worst show to miss. Absolutely worst show. Do you feel bad now, Chino? Oh, we hope you do. Uh, okay, here's one thing we gotta say though. The Path of Gold review is one of our longest show reviews to date. Uh, with good reason. It says something about how there was so much to talk about Path of Gold coming out of the show. Kaya and damering na sabi ni Anthony to share. And I'm sure if Chino were here, he'd probably be reviewing the show for the same length of time. But in this case, we actually had to double up because there was a lost episode yeah, here. Yeah, we hit a bit of a snafu with our Adobe Audition program here, which crashed like 40 minutes into our review of Path of Gold. You were already talking about Ralph Imabayashi and Redrick Mahaba. Oh, so, boy. Uh, you can blame it on Ralph, you can uh, blame it on Redrick Mahaba, or you can blame it on Adobe Audition. It really doesn't matter because we had to start from zero and uh, do it all over again. Okay. Now, before we get to that, we've got three big things to talk about on WWE's three main brands. And that's WWE, uh, that's uh, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. For Raw, um, it's Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin that they announced. And this is actually... I, I was double-checking on Twitter to see if there were any updates to this match. Well, happened man. No, there is. Dave Meltzer has gone on record saying that this is the plan. There is no swerve. Oh, okay. So a lot of people online have been very pissed that really of all people Kurt Angle could have wrestled his final match with at Mania. They had to choose Baron Corbin. I mean, if it means us getting him versus Gable on Raw, all well and good. Great match. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it too. But at the same time, Baron fucking Corbin. Okay, I am not as mad because there is a story. Yeah, there, okay, the story is there. But Baron fucking Corbin in 2019 is retiring Kurt Angle. What is wrong with you, WWE booking? Okay, I'm, again, I'm not so mad because you look at Baron Corbin this way, you think of him as non-deserving. I think that is the point of having someone like a Kurt Angle facing him at a stage like WrestleMania and eventually giving him the rub by putting him over. That's yeah. the idea, to, yeah. to establish Baron Corbin as a star that you can legitimize. And the fact that you already hate him says that he's trending in the right direction. He just needs to be put over the top. But if you wanted to do this right, you could have given it to Gable. You could have given it to fucking Shelton Benjamin who's right there for this type of match. But Shelton Benjamin doesn't need it. Like he, no, He's Shelton a veteran star who doesn't need to be uh, okay. further established. But, he's not like a Baron Corbin. Uh, true, but for the sentimentality purposes and because he's there, it's a WrestleMania moment that we can still appreciate and... You know, deserve like not not. I wouldn't say that we deserve, but it's something that would you would you say no to? Okay, ito babaling ko siyong argument nato. Okay. You say na you'd rather have a sentimental match between Kurt Angle and Shelton Benjamin, and yet you've got a very vocal subsection of fans who'd say na oh fuck WrestleMania for having all these nostalgic matches. Who wants to see Triple H and Batista, two fifty-year-olds going after one another? And then you have another. Fifty. He's forty-nine. Okay. There. And then you'll you'll have another you'll have another match between you know uh, two old timers, Kurt Angle and Shelton Benjamin. You know these legends should be putting someone younger over. Oh, ito na you've got, you've got Baron Corbin, early thirties, and he's in a position where Kurt Angle can elevate him. Yeah. Oh, so That's, so okay, why are we still complaining? Is, that argument is valid. I'm just saying that man, you know, there were other things that they could have done, but. The internet is really out for blood for this one. Yeah, they are. They are. It says, uh, it says something about us na we can really never be satisfied and that's why we can't have nice things. But on the other hand, I guess it also tells you 
what we think about the Angle Corbin storyline. Because if it had been booked much better, then we wouldn't then, be this sour on it upon its announcement. Yeah. Or, you know, because like, it was very, my opponent is Baron Corbin. And everyone's just like, wait, is this a joke? Yeah, parang like flop. You just got super deflated. And it's like, and where's the joke? Yeah, yeah. Diba? It's kind of like how uh, you're hooking up with someone over on Tinder and then when you meet them in person, you're like, oh, shit. Ito pala. What? <laughs> right. How many times has that happened to you, sir? Uh, zero times. Just making sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let's move on to SmackDown where uh, the the biggest talking point naman is Kofi Kingston. It is and still Kofi Kingston. That legendary gauntlet match and okay. the subsequent insertion of Daniel Bryan as the final opponent. And how it's pretty much made the Daniel Bryan story come full circle from five years ago. It's not... It, it's... I wouldn't say full circle yet because until he faces Kofi for the championship, then this is not full circle. But this is coming close to the end of it. This might be the apex, but at the same time, my God, Kofi Kingston. The legend of Kofi Kingston continues. Okay, um, there there are also arguments on the internet na, what the fuck, how come yung WWE Championship match hindi pa siya... Uh, in place for Mania, we're three weeks away. It's not yet even build. You don't know. And and um, we were talking about this with Ro in our private little uh, group chats. Yes. And he told us that at this point it doesn't matter because you already sold your tickets. You're invested. You're invested. Yeah. Uh, you already have Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte. You have Seth and Brock. You have AJ Styles and Randy Orton, Shane and Miz, Batista and Triple H. Have all these marquee matches and. Subconsciously, naka program ka na to think na, oh, it's Brian Kofi. And this whole chase for Kofi is the build up in itself. Yeah. Na formality na lang yung pag announce events, even on the day itself. Na, oh, yes, it's gonna be Brian versus Kofi, damn it. That's actually a very good impression. Oh, thank you. Like, I just have to say, and save it, save it for New York. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. you go uh-huh. and watch this all live. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, inga, inga. <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is that I, I guess I've come around on it and I've realized that Roe is right that the chase is the build-up that we've been asking for. And at the same time, this build-up has only really started, what, three at Fastlane? No, no, no. no, no the, 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 Smackdown, the, the Smackdown before Fastlane for Kofi. No, no, no. I, I would say it started as early as Feb, like when he got inserted in the Mustafa Ali spot at the Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber, sorry. Yes, it was Elimination Chamber. Because it was an organic rise. That was the one. And credit to WWE, they actually jumped on it. Yes. If you would say na, oh no, WWE is still very dense, hindi sila nakikinig, they did not learn from their lessons, then Kofi Kingston should not even be in this position today. They should have stopped at Elimination Chamber. Or they they could have stopped it at Fastlane. But they're not. Yes. And that speaks volumes for, you know, we give give them... we, and I mean the vocal internet minority, gives WWE so much crap for their style of booking and for being, you know, tone deaf at times. But in this case, they have made it organic. They have done it on SmackDown and they have done it with a guy that, what, at the start of the year, we were just like, hey, it's New Day. It's X and E and Kofi. Yeah. Diba? He was He was swimming and now he is soaring. Yeah, so um, it was a great gauntlet match, and I, I really enjoyed it. I loved the swerve. Now, oh yeah, uh, uh, Kofi, you have one more opponent. 
Tapos lala pa si Daniel Bryan. And yun nga, uh, it, it's, it's amazing to see how the tables have turned. So I think na SmackDown is doing its job once again very, very well, telling very creative stories. And uh, I'm excited to see how Kofi eventually makes his way into the championship match at Mania. Because, you know, it's... Who else are they gonna put at this point? Oh, uh, what? Are they gonna move Jinder Mahal there from Raw or some shit? I don't think so. Fuck that oh. shit. Okay, uh, let's okay. move on to NXT where another championship is being talked about and that's the NXT title which Tommaso Ciampa vacated after he required surgery. On his neck. Yeah. So Johnny Gargano is still in the TakeOver New York main event. He already qualified. Yes. Um, he's going to be going up against Adam Cole. And Adam Cole qualified on this week's episode of NXT after defeating the rest of the NXT 6. So he defeated Velveteen Dream, Ricochet. Uh, sino pa ba? You have to help me out here, Thomas. Dream, Ricochet. Um, well, he he uh, participated Alistair in. Alistair Black? A, yeah, there. Alistair Black. Thank you. Alistair thank you. Black. Um, there's, there's one more guy. Kaya natin to. Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. There. He's not part of the six. No, he's not part of the NXT 6 right but now. But he's, still, halftime, he's he still a contender. Yeah. So, yeah. so there. He defeated all those guys. And go. now it's Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano. Not only for the NXT championship, but for the right to be the first ever Grand Slam champion in NXT. This is not coincidental in any way. Oh, no, man. Yeah. Um, I would say that Adam Cole is the biggest heel they've got now that Ciampa's gone. And Gargano is being set up at this point to be its biggest babyface again. Yes. And at this point, you know, Adam Cole is the type of guy who can get a great match out of anyone. But you pair it against another guy who gets four-star matches in his sleep. Yeah. Mr. Mister Takeover. Mr. Johnny Takeover. Johnny Takeover. My God. This is... This is shit that sh- that you would expect on Evolve in Or PWG. 20- I was about to go there. The parang evolve in 2015 PWG as well the last time that all all of these guys were there, and it's fun, and I'm excited. And but there are stakes this time. There are so many stakes. And yeah, uh, it really tells you that WWE has such an embarrassment of riches. Now you take out a Tommaso Ciampa, plug and play Adam Cole, baby. That's that's good good rhyming. Good yeah, rhyming. thank you, thank good you. Right. Complimenting you because like after this week. You're on your way to the Mr. C World Tour towards Mania. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is my last episode of the podcast until mid-April. I'm going to be taking a quick break, as Camus mentioned. So next week, I'll be in LA visiting family. I'll be meeting up with some wrestling friends, some of uh, some names that we've had on the podcast. Among them, Koto Hero. I'm also probably going to meet up with our good friend, uh, Ray Ray Moralde from the NoLookPass.com. I was going to say, are you seeing Rafe Bartholomew? Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you for reminding me. I, I should send... Uh, Kuya Paeng a message Wait, really? You didn't This is right there I, I should, I should Okay, so, what about Ryan? Uh, I, I have messaged our friend Ryan Songalia We're gonna meet up in the East Coast When I'm in New York, New Jersey For yeah. the next two weeks So yeah, it's gonna be a packed itinerary for me um, After the LA uh, After the week visit. plus in LA with family I'll be in uh, New York, New Jersey uh, I'll be catching access to sessions of that Doing WrestleCon I'm meeting Christian and Johnny Mundo, the mayor of Slamtown, my favorite survivor and pro wrestler. Uh, and then after that, it's uh, TakeOver, Raw, SmackDown, and Mania, of course. Tapos, I'll top it off with Hamilton. Are you going to Wale? 
Wally Mania actually takes place on Thursday night. Oh, and I've got damn. tickets to access that night. But I know that Wally Mania lasts until 3 a.m. Yeah, because Wally go hard. Boy. Yes. But I also have no intentions of staying in the streets of New York past 1 a.m. So, I would say it's actually, you know, if it's Mania weekend, you'll be safe. Eh. And it's just, okay, NYPD got their shit together and you can always find a falafel for dinner. Okay, uh, I would like to find the 99th Precinct for real, for real. It does exist. However, I also don't want to uh, freak out on like my third day in New York. So after access on Thursday, I think I'll go home. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call it night. Uh, besides, yung Friday will be super packed with uh, WrestleCon and TakeOver. So there's that. Right? So I trust that the podcast will be in good hands with you guys. Kind of bala rito. And uh, I'll see what content I can come up with while I'm there. I mean, all you have to do is talk to Koto and just, you know, have him show his abs. That's content enough. Uh, yeah, that, that's not exactly my type of content. Neither is it mine, but it's Lance Tan Holmes. Sure, sure. Smart Henry reviewer for the Path of Gold show. So he did the written version, and today we get the audio version. Yeah, if you weren't satisfied yet with how uh, Lance Ong was very... Uh, very approving, very... Um, S-tier, baby! Yeah, just really showering PWR with praise. You can have Anthony Cuellas take on the whole Path of Gold event, and it starts right here, right now. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte, and you're with Stan, Roe, and Raph on the SGP Podcast. Woo! We're coming off of what a lot of people are saying is the best local wrestling show ever. In PWR Path of Gold 2019 So it's only right that we finally talk about it And review it on the podcast We don't have Shino Liao, our usual reviewer On this week's episode Because he wasn't able to attend Path of Gold um, I remember we talked about it with him on the show He had uh, an event with Improv Third World So congratulations to Chino and our friends from Imp- Improv Third World And he... And the or night Third before World Improv. Third World yeah. Improv and he and the night before he actually had a comedy show in Baguio. Yeah, yeah. So he's been a very busy guy. Sayang lang na of all of the shows for Chino to miss, he had he to miss this Path one. of Gold. But it's okay because we're able to fill the void that Chino has left us with in our reviewer for this week's episode of the podcast, our good friend, also a member of the OG Smart Henry editorial board, Anthony Coelho joins us. Was that another fat joke? Did you joke? have to do that joke again? Was that another fat <laughs> joke, man? Like, seriously. No, I'm saying he filled the void. Oh. What's so wrong about that? Voids are usually... We don't, if we explain the joke, it just makes Well, we worse. miss Chino, and we have Anthony, and Anthony makes us miss Chino a little bit less. Plus, Anthony's able to do what Chino always sets out to do anyway, so that's how he fills the void. And... Right. Um, we, we're actually recording this for the second time because yes. the original recording got corrupted. Almost so, the last episode, but we're still here. Yeah, we are still here. So at least uh, you know we, we're trying our best to make do with what we've got. Yeah. So the Olo twins were back from the dead. Yeah, yeah. So this uh, uh, re- review on the podcast is Bubba back from the dead. All right. Um, really quickly, Anthony, any expectations more of uh, POG heading into the show itself? Yeah. Uh, so, Path of Gold is one of those mat- cards of year that I look forward to. So, I was very much hyped for this one. Uh, I'm not the best when it comes to attending PWR shows. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, uh, you're not, sir. Attendance I'm not. check I'm in 2018. Not. In 2018, I watched Path of Gold. Uh, you missed Revo X. I missed Revo X. And you missed Vendetta. I missed Vendetta. And then my next show was... You missed New my Year's debut... Yeah, I also missed your debut. 
Uh, my next show was New Year's Resolution. Yes, it's been that long. So you've yep. hit you've hit at least two shows this year. Yeah, I'm two out of three this year, which isn't which bad. Is, that's, that's a pretty good batting yeah, average. You've already eclipsed your batting average for last year. Well, naman. I, I think I went to three shows naman last year. Ah, so, so next. But it's been a while between I know, uh, Path of Gold 2018 and New yeah. Year's Resolution. Kind of like your last guessing on the podcast. It's also been a while. Yeah, the last time I guested on this podcast was around one year ago too. Uh, you weren't there, Stan. It was me reviewing Art of War Wrestling. Genesis. Genesis. That was like an Exodus. <laughs> Punyeta, Stan. So now, now the question is, now the question Bible is... Joke. Yeah, it's a Bible joke. <laughs> that was me banging my head on the table. Uh, the question is, did Nuke get paid over the weekend? Yes. We're not sure. Unfortunately, no one from Smart Kenny or none of us here were at... Glo- Gus Global's uh, Wrestlefest. Wrestlefest. But uh, as we're recording, there is a rant going on Twitter right now from one Frankie Thirteen, who is clearly not happy over the events of the weekend. So Frankie, at us, were you paid? Yeah. So let us know. Uh, but really, the big question is, was Nuke paid? Because we'd like to know if after a year he finally got paid to wrestle. I'm hoping he got paid. Yeah, I am I, hoping that too. Because what they went through after Genesis was nothing short of a crime. Full stop. He got a family, you know. He has a kid to feed. Oh, animal. All right. So, Path of Gold. I think we've established. Um, I'm not sure if it was in this recording or the original recording. Now, you love these multi-man matches. Yes. Uh, the Path of Gold slash Royal Rumble slash Aztec Warfare slash uh, New Japan Rumble. Rumble is probably my favorite match type in all of wrestling because there's so much going on in the ring. It gives your opportunity for wrestlers who don't normally interact to interact. And true enough, we did get that here. It makes for these fun scenarios, you know? And that's why you try to always make it to Path of Gold. Uh, I don't think I've missed the Path of Gold show. Except, except the very first one, which was the 8-man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, when, ever since the Path of Gold in its current form, I've been through all three. All yeah. right. Now, uh, let's dive into the card and go through the pre-show. So we're going to go through the matches one by one. Yep. And then at the end, we're going to zoom out and talk about your favorite moments, your awards, and all that good stuff. Yeah. Right? Pre-show started off with Gemerlin versus Jay yeah. Serra. So Gemerlin versus Jay Serra was a continuation of a few that has been brewing for the past couple of shows. Unfortunately for this one, I was not able to catch most of the match. And uh, that is most unfortunate. Yeah, quite unfortunately. Uh, I had a family thing to come from, so when I got there, uh, it was about the finish. Uh, the finish was being built up now. I did catch it. I, I did catch that the submission nice submission finish. move. Nice. Nice. It was the nice from Gemerlin, uh, which picked her up the win against Jay Serra. Uh, this was a nice match in terms of seeing where these new faces are coming, how these new faces are coming along. And after talking to some of the Smart Henry boys who were beside me, uh, there's been some strides. There's been improvement uh, in the way uh, Jay Sarah and Gemerlin wrestled this match. For what it's worth, the Gemerlin win was pretty much the only uh, moment when the Naughty Boys got to stand tall. It was, yeah. Right? Even so dating back yeah. to Nice. Yes, yes. So it was a nice win, pun intended. It was a nice win to give the Naughty Boys something to celebrate, you know? Uh there. Uh, overall, I'm looking forward to this because now at least Gemmerlin seems to have gotten back a little bit at J. Sarah. 
How do you how do you like the way that these two are setting up to be part of the women's division in PWR? It's it's a welcome addition in the sense that really prior to this we have Crystal and Robin, Robin and, and Nina. Oh, oh right! Oh my God! Wow, Anthony! <laughs> I'm so sorry. She's so gonna murder. She's gonna so, murder. Sorry, you. Okay, so she's this is funny. gonna murder. You. This is funny because we're friends with her. Yeah, I know. But if you're a PWR casual and if you miss her match entirely, I actually can't blame you because yeah, she's only true. really ever appeared a handful of times, and that includes the Koto Hero arc with Rafema Bayashi. Yeah. But she's still gonna kill you. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway, anyway. moving on. Uh, these are nice additions to the women's roster of PWR. Uh, having them already build this history is nice because it's at least uh, when you get to that distant point in the future, you can look at it and say that these two started off as enemies and they might maybe, probably get a rematch in the future. Maybe they will become friends. Maybe they'll become friends. The, you know, because people have been calling it cute versus cute too. Oh, they have. Okay. Yeah, because we had Cute versus Cute one. We had TDT JML versus Kalinueva versus versus Kalinueva and Jay Sarah, and now this is Cute versus Cute two. Ah, okay. So make Cute versus Cute three. Uh, who knows? Down the line. Who knows? Anyway, this was a good match to kick us off. Uh, nice seeing Jermerlin get the win. Because again, yun nga, it puts her back on even footing with uh, Jay Sarah. Alright, up next was the first of multiple losses for the Naughty Boys, Capitan Tutan taking the L against Cali Nueva. Taking the L and not getting his nudes back. Yeah, so the, or, uh, the phone, Camus' phone still with uh, Cali yep. Nueva, so are the dick pics. Camus' happening. the hashtag, the capping yeah. is still that's, going on. That's Cali Nueva's creation for this, yes. Yeah. yes. So, Thank you, Camus. So, Quite I like this match because, again, it's a sign of progress between the two. We've seen Tutan in a couple of matches. We've seen Kali Nueva in a couple of matches as well. And I don't think this is the first time they wrestled. Tama ba? Um, no, they were involved last month. Yeah. No, so, no, no, Kali Nueva no, 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 and no, no, Tutan. Not, I think ah, no, no, Tutan wrestled Kali yeah. Nueva, but not as Kali Nueva. No, Kali uh, no, Nueva has history with the Naughty Boys because... His debut match was against TVT yeah, Yes. There we go. Uh, I like what I'm seeing from Cali Nueva. Uh, he's entertaining. The gimmick is fun. It's fun to hate on at the same time. It's something you can get behind. Just uh, with how uh, colorful the gimmick is. And his finisher, yung in the elbow, is something great to look at. You know? It's, it's insane. Yeah, it's, it's insane. insane the amount of hype Would you gets. say that it's an insane elbow? Hey, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, one thing I would like to mention here very quickly, lang aside from I did, we didn't cover this no last episode, Captain uh, Tutan. Okay, uh, one thing that I did expect uh, in this match was Camus or Grab Camus coming out and getting himself involved. Mainly because, you know, this whole thing was his fault. Yeah, yeah. It, it was Carlos' fault. It is his fault. It is his yeah, fault. It was his phone. It was his decision to keep the nudes. I don't know why, but, you know. It's it weird, there. man. It's, it's, it's weird. very weird. And then to leave weird. it lying in some hallway. In some it, hallway. It's not just in some hallway. It's a hallway that is protected by Poch. So, this is Poch's fault? Yes. Yes, it is Poch's fault. And just like that, all logic has flown out the window. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, in yeah. the, 
yeah, uh, moving forward, I'm still interested in. I'm interested to see where this goes. Mm. Uh, mainly because the happening is yeah. still happening. The happening is still happening, and I don't want us to end up at a point where Cali Nueva is showing the nudes on the PWR Titantron or the big screen. Yeah, we that have, would be they're, bad. They're, they're kids in the show, you know. Yep. Hopefully, no, they're, they're, they're parents. That. They're parents. So, nope, nope, nope. None yeah, of us so want to see know, that. Nope. Uh, I hope Cap and Camus. Do their job and get the phone back. All right. So, now let's go to the wait, main show. I was gonna say the oh. No, he made a point because in the last episode that about the pre-show and how it ah, was setting yeah. things up. Yeah, let's touch on that quickly as well. Uh, see, see, one the thing show. that I did like uh, with the, the Naughty show. Boys being involved in the pre-show is that it helps build them as their own distinct, unique characters. Jemmerlin, okay? uh, Tutan, and Grab Camus, they are not... Now, they're no longer just Trian and Evan's henchmen, you know? They're their own wrestlers with their own motives, their own storylines. And the pre-show right now is helping build that with the Cali Nueva stuff, with Jay Sarah, and it's nice and for the Naughty Boys. Because again, it makes them look like actual wrestlers. It makes them look like actual people with motivations. All right. So uh, a word to the wise: Please come in early. Don't yes. be late. Don't miss a pre-show. I have not been this excited for pre-show stuff since the Lightbringer saga last year. So does that make Captain Tutan your pick for Path of Gold 2020? Path of Bold. Let's, well, get, let's yes. keep that going, guys. No, let's no, no. Still on the path of nope, goals. Nope, 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 nope. Twenty twenty. Let's get him his dignidad back, guys. All right. And buy the Tutan stickers. Those are great. And no, but they're Tutan shirts now. Stop! Stop! They're Tutan shirts now, guys. Tutan shirts. <laughs> stop, comes. Stop. Okay, let's go to the main <laughs> show where the Yolo Twins picked up their second PWR Tag Team yep. Championships from the Naughty Boys. And then let's also talk about the Kakai Bros and the implosion of that Naughty Boys Alliance. Okay. Uh, right off the bat, I would say that the Yolo Twins winning their second PWR Tag Team Championship was something I sort of expected heading into this year. Was it oh. telegraphed that? I was it that telegraphed? Telegraphed. But, you know, you just got this feeling. Like them coming out in the new year with their new distinct looks, with the new theme song from Josiah Williams. My God, it it's, just made it them is, look like big deals. But you know that that theme is straight fire. It is amazing. It is, and and the fact that you know Wrestle and Flow is already going to be making. Well, Josiah Williams is making his Wale Mania debut in a couple of weeks, which is nice. That's, it's that's, nice that's a nice. That's yeah. a nice connection, and then we can say. There is a connection to Wale. Anyway, to the yeah, Yolo Twins. This just really helped build up how the Yolo Twins are really the premier tag team right now. One thing I did like about this match was the, how they approached it at the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, you saw Trian and Evan taking on this devil maker attitude. Same with the Yolo Twins. And for me, it was a nice touch because usually you see the naughty boys just you know joking around, uh, trolling people on social media. But mm-hmm. them coming out to this match and starting it off with that much fire, it just helped sell how seriously they took this match. And it was a nice uh, wrinkle into their character and into just how, how much they mean it when they say they want to defend this division, this tag team division. You haven't touched on the participation of the Kaka ah, yes. in this. Um, I hate to say it, but it is a poisoned alliance at this point. <laughs> Well, yeah, we, we know how it turned out. So, as you know, uh, some miscommunication 
between Kendrick, Marky, and the Naughty Boys ended up costing them that match. And this is something that you sort of expected uh, given that they were heading into this match as allies. You know, the Kakai Bros and the Naughty Boys have never really been on the same page. Right? It's it just really been, recent yeah, It's been through the efforts of Gemerlin that they're starting to bond together as a unit. And now all of that has been thrown away with this recent development. Womp, womp, womp. Okay? So, you know, next time, think twice about bringing your friends out to the ring, I guess. <laughs> uh, although I will say that the Kakai Bros uh, promo at the start of their matches is still very amusing. Hindi uh, ka uh, Mainly because even if I know what he's going to say, it's still pretty damn entertaining. You know, it's like the New Age Outlaws. You know what they're going to say, but it's still fun to watch. Like, All right. Now, uh, up next, you had the POG qualifying match yes. between Chris Panzer and Dynamite Soul, Eric, Eric Walker. Walker. Okay, right off. Eric Walker is huge, guys. Yeah. He's, very uh, he's bigger than I thought he was. Yeah, so he used to play in the rec leagues. Uh, I'm I'm sure he played high school basketball. He tried to play college basketball as well. He was teammates with Etwan Moore of the New Orleans Pelicans back when he was either in high school or college. So the way the poster made it look, because it made him look like on the same height as Chris Panzer. It really shortchanges his height. Shortchanges, and then you know he comes out and he's huge. I'm like, whoa! Okay, this this should look promising. And true enough. Uh, despite the limited time, I was very impressed with how Eric Walker carried himself in the ring. Uh, he made, uh, he did not waste time introducing himself to the crowd, saying that, you know, I got paid a lot of money to be here in PWR, and I got paid a lot of money to not let you, Chris Panzer, into the Path of Gold match. So I'm going to try my best to do that, you know? I'm going to try to break your face. And that actually triggered the crowd because, you know, it's Chris Panzer. Oh, what's some of that? No one messes with his face. Right. Uh, anyway, Chris Panzer got the win uh, and found himself in the Path of Gold match. And I think this was a fair way to build him up for the match. You know, it gave him some momentum going in because the last time we saw Chris Panzer, things weren't the best for him. Oh, yes. Yeah. We'll get to that a little later as well. All right. Uh, but Eric Walker is someone that I want to see more of, and hopefully, we get to see him in a couple of more chances down the line. I think if Eric Walker does do the Southeast Asia circuit again or even South Korea, he might just make his way he's back. He's based in South Korea, right? Yes, he is. But he's headed to the States. Oh, That's okay. for, a for a vacation. Yeah. For a vacation. For yeah. a vacation. Okay. So, yeah, see you soon. Up next, you have the surprise tag team match between JDL and Vlad Sinsik against the team of DDP, DDT Pro Wrestling Stars in DJ Nira and Masa Takanashi. Okay. First of all, DJ Nira. Big surprise for you guys. It was it was a big surprise, mainly because number one, uh, he retired a couple of years ago. So, you know, <laughs> seeing him come out and say, hey, I'm actually wrestling in this match. Like, in PWR, in of, PWR all of all places. In PWR of all places. Like, whoa, you're still... You're still Active. I didn't know that. I, I think it's. I think it's more of like he makes sporadic appearances from time to time. Yeah. But he's not. Um, how do you say this? He doesn't come out for, for like he won't main event a show. But when he does come out, it's like oh wait shit he's a. Yeah, it was a nice surprise, adding on to the already great surprise that was Masa Takanashi 
wrestling right in front of your eyes. Here's the question, though. Um, I mean, I'm sure that not everyone was aware of Masa Takanashi and DJ Nira heading into the match. Um, for someone like you, you're reviewing the show. How aware or well-versed are you in DDT lore, in Masa Takanashi's uh, history, in DJ Nira's history? I'm familiar with DDT. Uh, because I remember telling you about that when you yeah. went to Japan, right? Yeah, in 2015. And you saw Kota Ibushi. Yep, yep. And Masa Takanashi. They were at those shows. Okay, if uh, this was before DJ Nira's retirement, I'm sure I must have seen him too. He probably was there. You, you know, we can check the card later at yeah. some point. And, but the thing is that DJ Nira was a mainstay during those years. Yeah. Uh, even at, what's he now? I, I don't really know how old he is, but he's up there. He's up there in age. Yeah. But... He didn't really stop wrestling until that retirement. Yeah. And now, well, he's popping up. So I was very much excited for Masa Takanashi coming into this match because, you know, he has this reputation of being really polished, efficient, crisp veteran in the ring. Yeah. And that was exactly what we saw. Okay, so um, after the match, people were blown away, especially since JDL, huge monster babyface, Vlad, uh, Vlad Sinsik getting built up as well. What do you think about um, the, the guys who looked good at the end? Like, who looked the best heading out of that match? For me, uh, so we know the level that Masa Takanashi is at. Uh, DJ Nier was, again, a nice surprise. But really, the guy who came out of this match looking great is really Vlad Sinsik. So, as you guys know, Vlad got the pin. He got the pin after hitting DJ Nero with the muscle buster. And all in all, it really helped elevate once again Vlad Sensik to this level that uh, his competitors were at. This has been going on for a couple of shows now. Vlad has been uh, getting these big moments. Yeah. He's being uh, primed as one of the big names in TWR. And having Jake DeLeon show him that respect after the show, and even up to this show, because Jake DeLeon came out as his tag team partner, yep. is a nice rub to uh, the hand of judgment. Yeah, um, I remember you telling me this after the show. Na hindi mo alam if John Sebastian was cutting his little promo oh, from yeah. behind the curtain or in the crowd. And I, I just want to contextualize this for people. Uh, if you didn't see John Sebastian, he was actually standing near where Poch uh, usually sits by the corner. The problem was you couldn't see him probably because next standing room only yeah. at one point yung Power Max Center spotlight. To the point that there were people who could not find seats, so they had to settle for finding a spot around the arena. So and you know it just really goes to show how well attended POG was and how if you weren't able to make it, uh, you really missed the, the most packed show we've had at that venue at Power Max Center Spotlight. I like how it really shows that PWR's branding of Path of Gold as a big show, you know, as a big deal is working. Yep, yep. Because I was there at uh, the first show of the year, New Year's Resolution. It was in the same venue and it wasn't as packed. I mean, it was... Full. It was full, but it wasn't standing room full, you know? Siyempre gusto natin lahat ng show standing room. Of course. And, you know, actually, to be fair, um, it it has been made apparent that we were standing room after the Gemmerlin, the Gemmerlin-J-Sera match. That's how early. Pre-show pa lang. Pre-show pa lang. Ubus na yung upo. Yeah, because I remember, di ba nga, I came in a little bit late and I had to weave my way through people to get to my seat. So from ubusan ng lahat, ubusan ng seats real quick. Nice. Alright. Uh, up next, you've got the All Out War Championship match between Dak Saviera and Robin. So this was crazy. It's a yes. crazy, crazy match. I remember 
being backstage and watching it with Eric Walker, and I had to translate a lot of the chants for him. Yeah, so let's uh, let's tell that night neat little story to the listeners. All uh, right. So one of the chants, cause that happened in this match was too big, too big, because uh, Dax and Robin used an orokan. So I had to explain to Eric Walker that the reason why the fans are chanting too big or water is because there's a water shortage right now. And, and he was he, like, whoa. And, and unfortunately, he wouldn't know that because the hotel that he was staying in was quite nice. Yeah. Uh, you probably should have talked to the Japanese wrestlers. Yeah. They were in an Airbnb with intermittent water. Unfortunately. Yeah. All right. So back to Dax and Robin. <laughs> yeah. Had a, uh, an, an insane match with Orokan spots, a table and spot. And the main takeaway I had from this match was really uh, this match helped re- re- uh, recall... Or helped us remember how Robin, just how much of a daredevil Robin is. Right? She 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 don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Zero fuck. She's even. been back only for a couple of shows. Uh, she missed some time away from wrestling, and, and she came back as a tag team. Yeah, wrestler. she came back mainly with the Punk Dolls in the tag team contendership scene. Yeah, but this match really served to establish who Robin is as a wrestler. Her style. Her devil may care, her daredevil attitude in the ring, and having the all-out war stipulation was perfect for this. Just a quick word of caution, uh, you know, for people who are watching this match and thinking, oh, you know, these guys and these girls can roll around and take bumps and wrestle. And yan. I want you to remember that spot when the entire crowd just gasped for Robin because she slipped on the top rope. In the attempts for uh, coast, coast to coast. coast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it really reinforces the reality of wrestling being a dangerous endeavor. How you really should leave it to the pros, and how you can't just do it just because. Yeah, and much res- you know, much respect to Robin for getting up and trying it again and connecting because yeah. that cho- that takes guts, that takes uh, courage to uh, rectify a mistake. In front of a live audience, and really, again, it helps build her character as that spunky punk rock maiden. It takes guts to be a Gutierrez, and it takes guts to be Robin. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, was, I, was, I just want to point out to because it, this was a all-out war championship match with the all-out war stipulation. Yes, and to me that was great because it makes sense. You know, uh, to me the all-out war scene has always been. The hardcore scene of PWR. It's where anything goes. It's where people can bludgeon each other with orokans and uh, pa- silver pans and table tables and bats and whatnot. So uh, in the first in a, a couple of shows back, I remember Chino Liao mentioning this. Yeah, that the All Out War match did not have All Out War rules, and I found that weird. So this seeing this match uh, return to that stipulation was great. It makes sense. It's really what I believe the division is. Okay. Um, at this point, I do have to ask, how do you feel about Dax? Mm. Uh, okay, because we've, so, we've said a lot about Robin, but... Yeah. So, Dax, Dax, Dax has carried his weight in this match. Dax re- has really transformed the past couple of years. Right? Uh, going back, I mentioned the Path of Gold. I love these shows. 2017 Path of Gold, Dax Javier was in Delirium. 2018, one year later, he was in a feud with Sandata. Tama ba? Yeah, yeah. Sandata, Sandata and JD Leon. Yep, yep. And in 2019, Path of Gold, Dax Xavier is now this batshit insane person. You know, so it takes a lot of development, it takes a lot of guts to go from that point to where he is now. 
and he's really done it well you know it helps sell the fact that he's unhinged he's crazy uh, all he cares about is the aurora yung and his sling blade and, and, his and sling of course blade. his sling blades you know yeah. which has always been uh, the root one of the essences of Dax Avera so he still maintains that and it's nice to see him really find his stride you know find his calling in PWR Picking up off the intermission, we return to the PHX Championship scene this time where John Sebastian defended against Ken Warren after Sandata, Main Max, and myself got involved. Yeah. So my first thought seeing John Sebastian back with his throwback hair was, damn guys, you should Jesus. What's the hair? I was going to say, actually, this is, like, this is a slight callback to his four-year... Ace in the hole. Ace in the hole days. Yeah, with a royal flush. Mm, well, I, yeah, was, I was yeah, trying yeah. to avoid actually yeah, saying that, but okay, fine. People, yeah, yeah. People, people have to remember that that, that he did have that face. Yeah. It was a dark point in time, and people also have to know that it's not Downing Sir who sported that haircut. It was late. <laughs> God damn it, Stan! If yes. you're gonna make an F four chant, if you're gonna sing "Can't Lose You" at a PWR show, you might as well get it right. I never thought we'd see the day where we would get. F4 chants. An F4 saw me chanted in a wrestling show, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. And I somehow expected the crowd to sing another F4 song, but maybe we'll get to that in the future. I think someone ask for more? Yeah, ask for more. I can't help falling in love. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. okay. It's focused, guys. Yeah. How Ken Warren finally got his one-on-one the one thing he has been asking for these past few months. It, it, this, this, this actually, like, Goes back way back, way 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 to back Jake to his Leon. injury. Yeah, no, to the injury, to, to the injury yeah. that he when he had to relinquish his belt. Diba? Oh no 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 no! When he got no when he got no, injured, Ken Warren never no, had no, to relinquish. No, 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 relinquish the belt. Sorry, sorry. I'm thinking of Chino. Chino. Yeah. I'm mistaking him for Chino. Sorry, Ken. I was gonna say when he got injured when he was in the tournament. For the, when there the we go, yeah. There, that's the one I was so thinking of. So this is something that Ken Warren has been clamoring for for so long already. And to be fair to him, he brought it, you know. He he looked like he was at the top of his game. He looked ready. He took it to John Sebastian. He looked uh, he looked at the he looked as if he was really on the way to becoming PHX champion once again. Unfortunately, womp, womp, womp. Unfortunately. Wait, 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 wait! I just have to say before before this all goes south, his combo of that super kick, that super kick, and then followed by the Wi-Fi, is devastating. It and looks was very it looked, devastating. God, like John Sebastian looked like a man stunned and ready to die. Yeah, John Sebastian got wrecked there. Unfortunately, Unfortunately to the man that is sitting beside you has everything to be responsible Unfortunately, for. Unfortunately, Mr. C and his uh, clients, Sandata and May Max, interfered. And of course, that caused uh, Ken Warren the match, so John Sebastian retained. And this was one of the most shocking moments in the night for me. Because knowing the history that John Sebastian... And Mr. C have had from Casey Montero to Ubusan ng Lahi to all the way up to the present day. This was not a pairing or this was not a partnership that you would have expected. And it's and some people miss out on the point that this is actually it makes sense. So yes, 
Mr. Stanley C., would you care to elucidate us? Yeah, it, you really just have to watch the aftershocks. There's a reason why we shoot these vignettes right after the shows, and it's because we want to fill in some details that we don't really have the time for throughout the entire show. If we had all this time, we would, but you know, again, there's a reason why we use social media. So to connect the dots, it's really just a continuation of the story from PWR Live Nice, where... Uh, MSG got Chris Panzer the PHX Championship opportunity, and the opportunity cost was uh, MSG helping John Sebastian defend against Ken Warren. So yeah, it's the devil making a deal with another fucking with another devil. devil. Okay, so when you uh, when you point out what happened in Aftershock, which a lot of people might not have gotten to watch, it you know it starts to connect itself. It starts to make a little more sense, and this is something that I'm interested in looking at down the line. Uh, given how Mr. C and his talents have been uh, interfering in the business of Ken Warren and Chris Panzer. But we'll get to that later, Sapat of Gold. Because that does come uh, up again. It, it is, it's not over yet. All right. Next is probably everyone's favorite match from the show, and that was Crystal versus Emi Sakura. Oof! Okay. Big oof. It's not, it's, not, wow. it's, not just, it's not just everyone's favorite match. This is the match. I, okay. People who know me know that I get really emotional about wrestling. Oh, you don't say. You wow. don't say. That's why I do this podcast day in and day out, brother. You're so, a week. Not day in and day out, but anyway. Oh, oh week, in, <laughs> week in, week out, same same banana. But still, this match made me cry. It brought me to tears from my vantage point during the show. That's saying. That's not saying much, but the amount of tears that were shed. Goddamn. I left this match feeling like everyone in Power Mac improved as a person just by watching this match. Because, you know, you hear about the legend of Emi Sakura as the pioneer of Gato Move in Thailand. You hear all about her career as a mainstay in the regional wrestling scene. And to see it in front of your eyes, to see just how good she is, is... Amazing! It's an it is mind sight. blowing that she's doing this at forty three. She's forty three. For she anyone, doesn't look yeah. a day over. For anyone God. keeping track, for uh, Emi Sakura is older than the likes of Randy Orton. He, she's older John than Cena. John Cena, AJ Styles. Yep. And those guys. Okay, maybe the mileage is a little different, but that moonsault, that moonsault, that ending sequence was insane. Hey. Uh, in the un- recording, Camus pointed out how that um, whole sequence of Emi Sakura's finish to the match. Yung... Okay. Um, yeah, my, and this is something I talked to with somebody who saw her no more than a week ago in London. And it is actually friend of the podcast, Tengu. Um, I talked to him about it that Emi Sakura's The We Will Rock You body throw I don't know what you can call it it's not a splash it's just her throwing herself at her opponent's midsection in the corner followed by a Vader bomb and then completed with the chair on top which is that gorgeous gorgeous moonsault happens a lot slower mostly because she's used to resting a lot longer a match but still when you see it happen in front of your eyes it just goes bang 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 and there's no dramatic. Ah! Yeah, hit. it's like you know, some fighting game when you're finishing off your opponent, and it's just hit after hit after big hit. It felt like that in real life. So basically, rage art. Yeah, there you go, the rage arts. Yeah, 
and it was it's it's a sight to behold because she she has a way of just capturing your attention yes and holding yes. it uh, people chanted uh, a wrestling uh, wrestling tita no tita emmy tita, tita emmy at her which you know fits and even though she's this adorable Japanese woman she can legit destroy you in the ring. And yeah, she can kick happened. your ass. I mean, if you follow her on Instagram, uh, you'll be able to see her chop challenge or uh, whatever it is she calls it. It, is the, it is the chop challenge. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, the chop challenge where uh, she will ask wrestlers to chop her. And the fact that she's willing to withstand that amount of punishment from the wrestler she chooses to put on her Instagram really says something about her toughness and her grittiness. Yeah. I know we're all marking out over just getting to witness Emi Sakura. But we also have to give credit to her counterpart in this match. Yes. Uh, um, Crystal, Crystal brought it. Crystal, this is her best match full yes. stop. Yes, this is the best Crystal match I've seen in PWR to date. This is this is her best match as per everyone who has worked with her, that has seen her abroad. Anyone who has interacted with her when they see it. My God, this match! And is you know, her best there's a lot. Work. There's some history between Emi Sakura and Crystal. They right? toured. They've toured. Yes. They've been on similar tours. They have crossed paths once or twice, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it was basically a contest of Crystal trying to hit Emi hard, and then Emi hitting back much harder. harder. <laughs> so it was a match of one-upsmanship. In the end, Emi got the win, but you never really felt like Crystal comes out of this looking bad. I don't think anyone can come yeah. out of an Emi Sakura match looking bad. The whole crowd gave it a standing ovation after. It was so nice. Except... This one guy that Stan thought was you. Yeah. It was not me. I was standing up and applauding. But apparently there was a one, one guy in my section who was just sitting there. I don't yeah, know how shame you can, on you. I don't shame know how you can do that after, <laughs> after a life-affirming match like this, guys. Yeah. Like, I mean... You know, it's very rare that we get standing O's in PWR. It is, yeah. It's a rare feat. It's a rare feat that for it to happen, I only remember a handful. I've never been part of one. I don't think Stan, you you haven't either. Like a standing ovation? Yeah. No, no you I, haven't. I don't think no so. one's no one's no. given us that. And for other wrestlers, it is few and far between. For this one to be as electric and as great as it was. That's just testament to the level that Emi Sakura can bring somebody and for Crystal to match it as well. Yeah, parang paro siling nanalo after that yeah, match. Everyone's a winner yeah. after that match. Everyone, even even we were winners just yeah. for being there just and for witnessing greatness. It, just for sitting there, we all became better people. Also, by the way, full match Fridays this week is Emi Sakura versus Crystal. Damn straight. Oh shit. <laughs> okay, the PWR media team is hard at work. And Maurice is currently editing it. So if all goes well, Maurice. That's, tom- <laughs> that's tomorrow. Or no. Yeah, that's today. tomorrow. We're today. recording on a Thursday. Out. Yeah. Maurice, the baguettes, hurry up. All right. All right. So the next match after Emi Sakura versus Crystal was the PWR Championship match between Ralph Imabayashi and Redrick Mahaba. Okay, uh, the way this match started with that video package, if you did not feel anything... After watching that video package detailing the history, you are not a person. You are you not a no human soul. being. Okay? Wow, such strong words. Even I, who has not been to much PWR shows, 
even as someone who isn't really invested into this the way most fans are, you felt something watching the history between Ralph and Rederick all the way from their early days, you know? They started off as friends and then they blossomed into this alliance uh, that kept them at the top and then it has all come to shit. And they have, I mean, along somewhere along the way, people thought they found love. Well, respect. It, it, it could very well have been one of those fanfics from J.K. Rowling. What? Okay. <laughs> but but you know, suffice it to say that this three-year arc from Ralph Imabayashi and Redrick Mahaba really saw them bring out the best and the worst in one another. Yes, and this match, the match they had, was a testament to the history. It was not technical spectacle, but you know, it doesn't need to be. This was a match between two people who hated each other, who despised each other after everything that just happened. Okay, so I've got two questions for you because I, I believe these were the two things that really stood out in some match. What did you think of the DDT-like uh, antics of the match? Like when Biglana lang dilim and then there was a video package. And the second question is, what do you think about Ralph's words after the match? Okay. Uh, I thought the whole uh, DDT-esque vibe of the match, the lights turning off, Yung video package, Ralph, the hugging. Yeah, the hugging Ralph wearing the busted club shirt. Yeah. It sure it gave it a light element to the match, but it doesn't take away from how serious the match was. Because at the end of the day, this is something that's in line with Rederick Mahaba's character. Okay? Uh, you know that uh, one thing I noticed that he's being built again as Rederick Mahaba. Okay? Uh, he had this time where he was built as mainstream Mahaba, where he was mainstream making himself Mahaba to be, is dead. Uh, the big deal, a big time actor. Yeah. Uh, the old Rederick Mahaba is now dead. Okay? We've now got uh, Rederick, just plain Rederick, the Bastard Club Mahaba again. And this is in line with him. And, you know, uh, it might have been comedic, uh, the effect might have been to get some laughs, but in a way, your mind games near Ralph was actually really a, a subtle nod to his character. Ralph Imabayashi is someone who will try to win, who will try to dominate at all costs, and... Who gives zero fucks gives about zero your fucks well-being. about uh, your well-being or the feelings of the crowd, and it was in line with him to play these mind games with Rhetoric Mahaba. He, he doesn't stop. He doesn't quit playing games oh, with yeah. your hearts. Uh, okay. May I drop it? I was hoping he did not have to say those last oh, words. Right. <laughs> he did. And it's happened now. Well, it flopped. Anyway. Quit playing games. Uh, anyway. Uh, it flopped worse than an AOWW. Ralph. Show. Remember, he actually won this. Whoa! Come on, wait, man! Wait, wait, wait. Please say that clearer for the for the audience once again. I said your joke flopped worse than an AOWW show. Well, there's only one show to base it off of, so we one year anniversary na ng show. Ah, tawing yun really? So oh, almost, si almost. By the way, talents. <laughs> has anyway. Luke been paid? Anyway, so has, has Chili Willy been paid? Has Chili Willy been given his red horse? I don't think so. Now here's the thing, right? Uh, the reason why we're so brazen in talking about this is because people have gone on record to say these things on the podcast. And we don't go out and censor shit in the name of protecting people. You know, we're all about trying to tell these objective stories. And uh, we don't stop people from sharing their truths. Right? And that's all I'll have to say. And that was a quick intermission before we get to our main event. Anyway, uh, Ralph Imabayashi, going back, Ralph Imabayashi yeah. won via submission. Yes. And again, it helps build Ralph's character as someone so dominant. 
that he would just take the biggest guy on the roster on and put him to sleep. And that's exactly what happened. Okay. So, uh, the, the final words that yes. Rocky Mabayashi had. So, he said, whoever wins Path of Gold, please challenge me. Uh, I don't want to be champion anymore. It's, you know, it's, it feels like this is where Ralph Imabayashi's character arc hits that breaking point. You know, Ralph has been built up as this champion who will do anything to win, who will assert his dominance, and along the way, he has burned bridges. Okay? We've seen it happen with Nina, we have seen it happen with Redrick Mahaba, and now this is the part where Ralph Imabayashi, I think, starts to realize that he has been successful, but at one of the biggest costs ever. It's lonely at the top, you know? Is this where he realizes that he's become Gollum? Could be. That's one way to put it. And I was yeah. going to say, you know, Dax is more Gollum than Ralph is Gollum. Okay, yeah, that's fair. But hindi ba the point of Gollum and the story is his greed and his selfishness really corrupted him because of that ring in the same way that the championship has corrupted Ralph and his, his virtues, his relationships, and has turned him into that, that character. Yeah, yeah. Also could, right. Could, yeah, you could say that. Also right. This is yeah. coming from someone who's never seen the films. You have never what? read the books. What the yeah, yeah. fuck Wait, is what? wrong with you? I was too bored. I, I, I'm not even going to be Wait, so how do you know it. all this Gollum backstory? Wikipedia, my friend. You piece of oh shit. My God. I'm, okay, no, I know what we're doing next time there's a long holiday and... Uh, no, no thank you. Hard pass. Okay, well, on your way to, on your way to fucking... Hard uh, pass. No, on your fucking I will way be to... watching Black Klansman, sir. On your way to... No, thank you. I will be watching other Oscar-nominated films that are not named Lord of the Rings. Sir. Lord of the Rings actually won. I don't care. I, I sat through six minutes, got bored, and just turned it off. <laughs> you, anyway. sir, are a disappointment. I would I'm, rather I'm, watch... I'm really, I'm really I, I would rather marathon you, the original Star Wars trilogy, all right? It's not that hard. <laughs> anyway, uh, so... This, this is... Uh, th- that moment, Yuki Ralph Mabayashi, was probably the moment where you saw him at his most vulnerable. Throughout his historic reign, he has always looked like the dominant challenger. Uh, sorry, the dominant champion. champion. I'm so sorry. Uh, he has looked like the man on top. But that moment after the match, you started to realize that, you know, Ralph Mimbayashi has a human side to him. And he's tired. And he's starting to realize, he's starting to get tired of everything that success has brought him. So, para si Bongrevilla, pagod na pagod na. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I will say this about Ralph Mimbayashi and this reign. Of terror, it still continues, yeah. and Rafi Mabayashi is still your PWR champion. And as of as of recording, we know that this will continue till Revolution X. Yes, because uh, he is not scheduled to defend the PWR championship at Destino. Yes, he has and a five is, on five match, and that and we will get into that like after yes. we talk about our main event. The Path of Gold this year was the main event as it should have been. The yes. Path of Gold nga naman yung title so, ng event. Still a 20-man uh, match. Still the same rules as before. Yeah. And let's get the big one out of the way. Your Path of Gold winner this year is none other than the Lightbringer. Cuatro. Okay. okay. Did the right person win? I feel like the right person won. Okay. Heading into this match, I had... A couple of names in mind who I wanted to see. Who were they? Quatro was one of them. The mm-hmm. other one was Vlad Sinsik. Like you wanted to see them as winners. Yes, okay. and I felt that given young recent developments, given the way things were being pushed, that these were the two names along with Mike Madrigal. So you knew three names that I felt was likeliest to come out 
winning it all this year. And, and they were three of your final four. They were three of your final four. And who was your fourth pick uh, originally? My fourth pick originally. Erba. I don't know. Did, didn't you? Didn't you do a, f- a top no, four? No, I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't part of the roundtable. Okay. But anyway, uh, the path of gold match again. This is one of my favorite match types, and this year's uh, take on path of gold did not disappoint. Uh, you know, we uh, we'll talk about Quattro a little later on because he deserves the spotlight. But I just want to highlight who I felt was the low key MVP of this match, and it was not one person. It was actually three people in the end game. Jan Evander, PWD, uh, The Apocalypse, and Vin Super Nintendo. Okay, not Vin Vinten, Super Nintendo. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so mainly, uh, we're just you know, uh, ribbing Poch lightly here. <laughs> mainly we because love you, Poch. Love you, Poch. it felt like the entire Path of Gold match was anchored around this trio. Uh, Jan Evander started out the match against Quattro at number two. The Apocalypse was, even if he wasn't in the match, you know, he was just there. He was interfering on Jan Evander's behalf. Towards the end, Jan Evander still made it all the way until the end, uh, until everyone came out. Vintendo was there as well. He came out, and they just looked like a unit. Mm-hmm. Right? And for me, uh, you can break down the Path of Gold match into several chapters, several feuds that got highlighted. But one thing constant throughout this was that the end game looked like a threat. Right? Jan Evander is... I know he's one of our Smart Henry scholars, so... We're pretty high nice, on the guy. Nice to, nice to. <laughs> and full, it's, full it's really nice to see him come along into his own, you know? He's not just someone who's capable of breaking your fingers or putting on a show. He's actually really smart, you know? He lives up to that pro-wrestling doctor name. And it's a, lit, it's a combination of the little things in the match, you know? He knew when to get out of the ring. He knew when to dodge when the big names were coming in, when they were coming in and setting the house on fire. And then he picked his spots, you know? The end game got a lot of eliminations, as I, think a unit, they, I think as as a unit they, they got had the most, more, the most sure. eliminations, and they looked like someone who were actually real threats to take it down. And given that you know they haven't really been at the top of everyone's minds, they haven't been really top card uh, in the past couple of shows. It was a nice push for this table to be, you know, to be featured so heavily. Right? And at the same time, it's one of those things that you know. There's always somebody who's going to fly a little under the radar. Yes. Is there anyone that you feel flew up, like you know, was not was not heavily favored, but showed up and out like outside of the end game made a strong impression on you. Outside Apart from them, of outside the, outside the, of the end game, because we're talking about if they're the MVPs, who's your runner up? Nah. Uh... You obviously no, no, under no, is Squadron. We we were gonna get the to MVPs. There you are go. the end game, and then right. after them, who after would you say them made the biggest mm. impression on you? After them, I think it starts to peter out as everyone having their own spots, naman. Okay, right? everyone having their equal moments. Okay, uh, which brings me to one of the first arcs that we got to see play out in the Path of Gold match, which was which was MSG versus the PWR OGs. Chris Panzer, Ken Warren, Sandata, and Main Max, and of course, Mr. C at ringside. You know, uh, one of the things I actually expected heading into Path of Gold was Mr. C continuing his, you know, his woke businessman promo calling out the crowd. He's done that a couple of times before. When you don't have to talk- refer to me in the third yeah. person. I'm right uh, th- here. This guy beside me has called people out for... Only liking Martivo because he's gay. Yeah. Uh, he's also called out people for liking 
the Jejumons and the Kakai Bros when in real life you would just, you know, turn your nose up at them and not go to wherever they are. And I sort of expected that that would continue into this match. But then again, you know, uh, the Path of Gold doesn't really allow for that kind of uh, moment. Yeah. And still, Mr. C had his own moments in this match. Like, you know, you tried to pay off Revo Ranger. He's the defender of planet Earth. <laughs> Are MSG not citizens of planet Earth? <laughs> I found that hilarious. You trying to pay off Chino Ginto because he's a pera. Yeah. Which is, you know, part of Chino's character. Was his, in line. His, 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 his original network character. Yeah. Was in line with what Mr. C is doing. And, you know, it starts to build you. It starts to... You get to have the signature item associated with you now. And you know how uh, Al Snow has his head. Uh, the Dudleys have their tables. And, you know, in the next couple of years, we'll say, Mr. C, that guy, he has his angpaus. <laughs> you you yeah. be ready. Because okay. Mr. C is going to shove that in your face. So, yes, anyway, this uh, the arc, feud, the, the arc. arc, has been building towards Mr. C having a bone to pick with the OGs, Chris Panzer and Ken Warren. So, in a way, it's continuing from where we mentioned earlier about Mr. C interfering in the PHX Championship match. And it uh-huh. sets up uh, the scene for the next couple of shows, I'm guessing, which is Sandata and Main Max and MSG as a whole taking on Chris Panzer and Ken Warren. And to me, it's a nice continuation of the history between Chris Panzer and Mr. C. We all know how that has turned out in the last couple of years. Not good for well, both of them. Not Yes, not good for both of them. Well, yes. So eventually someone is going to have it good because they're on opposite sides this time. Whether it's Mr. C or Chris Panzer, we don't know yet. But I'm looking forward to ha- seeing how this plays out. I have a question for you, Anthony. Um, we've seen three straight years na, na it's a 20-person battle royal or a 20-person yeah. Path of Gold match. Is PWR ready for a 30-person Path of Gold okay. match? Uh, I wouldn't say 30. But at the same time, I think 20 is limiting it. Because even at this point, even when you had all the international stars and you kept people busy, there were still some names that could have used being in the Path of Gold match. Uh, one example being this guy right in front of me. Grab Camus. Grab Camus. Yeah. Another name that I expected to see but did not figure into Path of Gold match itself was Bolt. Yep. So these are guys who we haven't really... Uh, in the case of Bolt especially, you haven't seen him recently. But even a quick spot in the Path of Gold match, a quick, uh, you know, a quick heroic team-up with... Revo Ranger would have uh, helped people remember I would have that paid know, him Bolt off was around. Away. Yeah. Or, you know, Stancy would have paid him off. I don't know how he would build it, but I'm sure Mr. C will find some logic there. But, you know, uh, we could have used that. But So, I think right now, given where the roster is at, I think the sweet spot for a Path of Gold match would be like 25. Okay. I, I know it's not uh, it's not a number in the 10, so it's weird. But still, it's a balanced number. It's in fives, at least. And I think it's more than enough for the Pidolier roster to be featured. Yeah, eventually we'll have Spudster back in there. Yeah, yeah don't thing. forget Spudster. Don't forget all the guys that have, you know, since disappeared. And to consider that, you know, with the Path of Gold, with the way WWE has conditioned you to expect surprises, I sort of expected na meron kang international surprise this time. Who did you think it could have been? Uh, I was ta- I remember talking about this in the Smart Henry chat and yeah. the ideas were ranging from 
Smart Dave from Grapple Max to Lady Killer, who has been also around, from Grapple Max. Uh, to Shao Cat, who we saw before trying to get involved with uh, PWR, but you know there wasn't really any follow up. Yep. Yep. And to yep. a plethora of other Southeast Asian scene names, or someone like TJP, who's now a free or, agent. Yes, and people still ex- uh, some still people thought. are speculating that TJ Perkins would have showed up. What the fuck is wrong with you people, <laughs> guys? What you smoking? E-sponsoring mo na yung show para may pambayad kami sa TF ni Kuya TJ. Guys, you know, I think, I think his TF would cost more than what we ran the, on the show. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, it uh, one thing that I picked up after the match was, you know, you expected it, but it doesn't really need that. Because you, more, you have more than enough of the local talents to display, to showcase that, you know, there's not really some space right now for... The international surprise. Hell, we but, didn't have JDL on the Path of Gold Yes! Match. Jake DeLeon, Mr. Philippine Wrestling, was not in the Path of Gold match, and it still turned out to be pretty fucking good. And speaking of surprises... Ah. Number 20. Yes. Number 20 was a surprise that many people did not see coming. Uh, it was a surprise that I did not expect, but loved it when it happened, because it was re- the return... Of the network head honcho, James Idol Martinez. He's actually now James Comeback Martinez. Yeah, he's now James Comeback Martinez according to Twitter. And the last time we saw James Idol Martinez... Let's not talk about the last yeah, time we not, saw him. It wasn't uh, the brightest of moments. Yeah. But uh, to see him back, to see him, to see the crowd lose their shit at the network's head being back, it was nice. Even just watching uh, Idol hit his signature move, yung, what do you call that the again? Pay-in. The pay-in. Pay right? He hit that a couple of times when he got back. It was nice to see. And you could tell that the crowd has been waiting for his return. I mean, the night before, we actually had a mini network reunion in... Uh, yes, in, in Chino and Gus, uh, WrestleFest ni Coach what, Gus. Whatever, yes. whatever that was, where... Where the two other members of the network, well, still active members of the network, actually had a match against MWF talent. In this and case, in this case, uh, we continued the reunion party, and this time your network was complete. Well, you know the current version of the network, the best version, yeah, the ideal of version of the, the network. network. You had Idol, the Golden Boy, and the. What's, well, what's Mr. Financially Mr. Stable. Mr. Financially Stable. He's now wearing the scarf again. It's aftershock. I'm tired of Anyway, you know, uh, one thing that really comes to mind when seeing the network reunite was it's coming off the heels of another big reunion we've had in the wrestling scene recently. You know, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins reuniting as the Shield and seeing our own local version of it play out was actually a nice feeling. You know, some people will call it, ah, you know, we're just copying the shield. No. We're just imitating. No, no guys. Sir. The feelings are different. Yeah. There uh, was no leukemia if involved. expected 100% original shit, uh, you probably came to the wrong place. People were waiting for this after Chino's injury, after, Lu- uh, after James uh, Martinez's suspension, and seeing them all back together, seeing them united as the network, it's one of those feel-good moments of the night. Guys, it's 2019. Yes. You know, good things still happen in it's wrestling. 2019, and we are about to witness people getting scammed by the network again. What a time We're, to be alive. But maybe they're not scammers anymore. We don't know. So what are they? They're just friends, three friends. They're like... 
no, there are three friends who like gang signs. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really make them any better, Carlos. Okay, that gives them no ascendancy. Anyway, uh, the the point uh, the point building for the network here is that. In their absence, there has been a new trio taking over. And we mentioned them earlier. And they got to face off with the endgame. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way things have been going, AB3 has been on a slump. Yeah, he's struggled against the endgame. Chino ran into the endgame quite recently as well. It's all building up to, you know, that showdown between the network and the endgame. I think Shield versus Wyatt's in PWR. Shield versus Wyatt's. I do like the parallel between uh, Jan Evander and James Idol. They're both, uh, they're not the biggest guys on the roster, but they're the, some of the smartest guys. And actually, that, that, that visual, that visual of that yeah. beatdown was, that, visual that was of, something. That visual of uh, Idol and Jan Evander staring at each other, and then you had Vintendo and AB3, coming face to face and then Chino and Apocalypse you know it gave you feels it got you hyped at the clash that these two would be seeing the potential clash yes these and two we did uh, they ended up costing each other the match yep uh, the network eliminated uh, no sorry uh, uh, the end game eliminated Idol and AB3 uh, Chino eliminated the end game in return before lasting until the final four it sets us up for you know a showdown in the future between the network and the endgame. So your final four had Vlad, Chino, Quatra, and Mike Madrigal. Yes. And then it got whittled down to the final two of Quatra and Mike Madrigal. Yes. And you can see that there's a rivalry forming. Yes. So, ang, actually, ang ganda nung the way this final two played out. Because, you know, parang, uh, ito yung do-or-die match nila eh. Kumbaga sa basketball. This was their game seven. Yeah. Quatra uh, won the first salvo. Mike did not take that sitting well. So he won the next one. And then he sent Quatro all the way to number one, and got himself uh, a late spot in the path of gold match in the process. And given that, you would have expected, na, you know, behind the magtagal si Quatro, nasa number one siya. Mike Madrigal comes out fresh; he has the advantage. But these two remain the final two, and the end of the path of gold match was a fitting uh, conclusion to you know what they had going on. Okay? Quatro finally besting Mike Madrigal. Winning the Path of Gold match and claiming himself uh, a place in PWR history. It's one of the feel-good moments, one of the bright moments of the show. Especially because Quattro has really, really uh, captured the crowd. Actually, this match, this Path of Gold match, had a lot of fun, quirky stats. Like the fact that Quattro won the fourth Path of Gold match. Yes. How Ken Warren and Chris Panzer were the first, first two eliminated, two eliminations. and they were the first two path. Uh, they were the first two path of gold winners in this current and, format. Yeah. Uh, you also had uh, this path of gold match having the most multiple eliminations happening simultaneously. Yep. But MSG got eliminated, eliminated Panzer by and Warren. Panzer and Warren, um, Chino and Vlad. Chino and Vlad. Yeah. So you had a lot of these multiple simultaneous eliminations. Yeah. So okay, uh, let's zoom out here and talk about. The uh, interactions that you didn't know you needed ah. from that match. Okay, uh, I mentioned earlier, Mr. C. So I'll have to highlight that again. But Mr. C, paying off, trying to pay off random people like the Reverend was amusing, if only to hear the logic at which he arrived. You know, and then defender kind of planet Earth, diba? Or MSG, they're citizens of planet oh, Earth. And then Mamper si China. It was amusing. Oh. Uh, other things that I liked seeing interact. Uh, the Kakai Bros getting to interact with people that they haven't really gotten to interact with like Chino Ginto AB3 
you know, these little interactions help shape your future expectations. Because down the line, when these people meet, you can go back and say, ah, uh, that was, the, goal, that was, that was the, the start. You know, it builds up these sorts of moments in the future. So in a way, it's setting up some really, really long-term stuff. I was going to actually say, you know, since you're talking about the Kakei Bros, they fucked up, man. They fucked well, up of course you would match. think that. Oh, bias ka kamis eh. Dilawan ka eh. No, he, uh, Camus is literally wearing yellow. Yeah, right? yeah. He's <laughs> wearing a yellow warrior shirt. Oh, which <laughs> makes him a literal Dilawan tonight. No, but so... Um, no, I mean, since so, you already talked the about the bros it. coming out uh, and they look good for parts of the match until, of course, Evan and Trian De La Torre uh, paid them back for the tag team match earlier. Uh, <laughs> just really sets up. Even the YOLO twins who were sitting at ringside They've they brought out the steel privilege. chair, man. Trian was pissed. Trian uh, took an unprotected chair shot <laughs> to the head and so did and, Evan, man. Know, what the hell? These are the interactions that you build up because, you know, not everyone is going to win Path of Gold, but you can help everyone look better with the storylines they have. And the tag team match uh, added a lot naman, to uh, the Path of Gold match. Uh, just one more thing before I go to Cuatro. Since he's he since is the main we have topic, to, yeah. since we have to uh, give him the right? Oh, uh, out of baby everyone Jesus. who came out of Path of Gold uh, with the, with the result that they got, you know, not everyone won, obviously. Yes, Mike Madrigal has got to be for me the most intriguing character coming out of Path of Gold. Uh, he lost his series with Cuatro. He was primed for a big run, and he did. And now I'm interested to see where he ends up because, given the way things have been shaping up, you know who has been staking claims to the PHX Championship. Mm-hmm. You know, Vlad and Chino both have staked claims to it. Uh, you know who's challenging Ralph for the PWR Championship. You know who the tag team scene is likely to involve, and none of those include Mike Madrigal. And to me, it's very intriguing to see where he ends up by Revo X because. This is a very talented man. Uh, this there is, is no uh, denying. There is, there is no, no denying, denying that after this how amazing of gold uh, match. he has been in the last couple of shows. So I'm interested to see where he ends up in the next couple of months. Does he get a feature match with uh, soon yet to be revealed international star? I don't know, but why, it's exciting. Why, 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 why are you speculating so much? Oh no, no. Uh, it's kind of his job. He's yeah. a reviewer. Comes. Mike Madrigal is one of the names I want to see take on international talent next. Okay. So I don't know where it's going, but I'm intrigued. You know, okay. uh, seeing him come so far, he got until the end. He lost at the end. Where does he go from here? I don't know, but he, you can imagine that he's probably not too happy about it. So I expect that next show someone is going to get wrecked right. by King Coops. Okay, thoughts on Cuatro? Okay, I mean we've already brushed on it, can yes. or touched so, on it rather. Uh, and alam niyo naman na I haven't been to the most shows. You know? Oh yeah, my attendance is very spotty. So one thing that I have missed throughout the last couple of months was the ascent of Cuatro. Okay? I just keep reading about it. I keep hearing that you know this Cuatro guy he puts on amazing matches with Doctor Gore and what's the name of that guy from my league? Uh, Emin the Kid. Emin the Kid. He's putting on blockbuster after blockbuster. And then this match served to really put a cap or put that exclamation point that, you know, Cuatro is what is great now. And one little interaction in the match that really caught me onto that was when Cuatro was squaring off with Chino Ginto. 
because uh, the last time I watched consecutive shows was 2018-2017. Uh, I still remember Chino being, you know, the where Quattro is now, the red hot guy that the fans were rallying behind, and even uh, nung Path of Gold last Sunday, uh, you hear Chino chants getting drowned out by Quattro. And that's reflective of where we are now. Chino may have been that guy before, but the re- the guy that people have been rallying for the most, the one fans are getting behind, is Quattro. And he has more than earned it, in my opinion, and this was a nice exclamation point for him to go to the top and really stake his claim come Revolution X. One... Sorry. Go, 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 go. One... My favorite close shot, my favorite imagery, ng Path of Gold is Quattro standing on that turnbuckle, holding the Path of Gold trophy, looking down at Ralph Imabayashi, looking down at the champion he will face. You know, normally when you see these imageries, it's the champion on it's top. Yeah. You know, the champion is looking down at the challenger from his pedestal. But you know, uh, the momentum kasi in this story is switched. You have the challenger of Quattro was ridden. A huge wave of momentum from number one all the way to the end of Path of Gold. And then you have Ralph, who even if he's still champion, even if he's still holding that record uh, reign, he isn't really in the best of moods right now he's, based on what happened. He looks like a, he's broken. It's oh, oh, well, You said yeah. it. You said it. He looks like me. a broken man. And it's nice seeing this imagery because you, know, you usually expect the opposite. But having the champion looking up at the challenger, looking up at the... At the mountain he has to climb to retain that record, it creates some nice imagery, and it's probably it's, it, it's something we haven't seen in wrestling. Yeah. In I would say, do you even remember the last time that you had a challenger that was this overwhelming? Now the champion looked so much smaller. Uh, yeah, Daniel Bryan and Randy Orton and Batista. No. Because Brian was, was riding a wave of momentum in WrestleMania 30. Like, after he defeated Triple H, everyone's like, yeah, there's no way Brian's gonna lose. No, this. no, no way Brian's gonna lose. But the champions never looked that broken. They were still very strong yeah. going into it. Uh, Randy Orton, Orton was still, at least, you know, well, you know, formidable. I'm talking about, like, when was the last time you saw a champion that was this distraught? Where in. I don't know. In our circle, like, in our small circles, people have been saying that. Ralph is not the same person he, you know, he he has been during this reign of terror. So for Quattro to be, as you said, ascendant in this instance, is it foregone conclusion that Ralph is dropping the title? I you never say never in wrestling. I don't want to say that. Oh, Quattro is definitely losing because we could be in for a surprise. But the way things are now, it's Quattro who has all the momentum. And to me, the least surprising result would really be just Quattro winning. You know, Quattro just finally ascending to the light and climbing out of the shadow. He's climbed out of the shadow. He has climbed out of the shadow, yes. He has climbed out of the shadow. He is his own man. He no longer needs he to has wear brought the mask. the light now. And, you know, it's... Actually, you know, when you come to think about it, these two guys are on two of the longest-running arcs. In PWR, yeah, tama. Because Quatro's arc goes all the way back to his debut, Trabajador to Trabajador Saga, which we mentioned earlier, and Ralph's also goes back about the same time. Yeah. Hmm. 
We need to get a fact check on how long yeah, we, we on can, this parallel. We, uh, later we'll sort out the timelines here. Yeah, but, but it's interesting. So there's there is that. So yeah. your MVP uh, for the show for no for uh, yeah for Path of Gold Muna. For the Path of Gold. No, no. So now we Anthony. It's the end game. So yeah. we're sticking with the okay. end game. We'll okay, let's zoom out. Awards for the show. What okay. was your match of the night? Match of the night is Emmy Sakura versus Crystal. No surprise. No right. surprise. That was that was actually consensus for for all of us in Smart Henry. Yeah. So okay. I'm gonna go What's your or, or, or yeah? What's your spot of the night? Uh, spot of the night. Uh, for me, it would have to be again going back to Emmy Sakura versus Crystal. That closing sequence, you know, the rage sequence. art moment ni Emmy was insane, leading to the uh, diving moonsault. Yeah, that okay. was crazy. What was your moment of the night? Uh, moment of the night is Damian, it, it's a tie. Okay, okay. Yeah. for me, it's a tie. Number one between <coughs> the network reunion and James Idol Martinez's return, and of course, Quattro winning the whole thing. And then challenging Ralph Imabayashi. Alright. And your star of the night? Uh, star of the night is... It's a... No, I want. I, I don't want to say a tie. Because, again, there are a lot of ties. No? Cuatro, definitely. Okay. okay. Now, uh, um, to, to close it out, were your expectations met? Wait, small moment lang. Sorry. Oh, okay. uh, there is one small moment that really sold how... Characters have been developed for me in PWR. It was when Vlad Sinsik was being eliminated, got eliminated, and John Sebastian just fucking stood up and reacted as he just won the fucking lottery because Vlad was eliminated and he would not be challenged. Uh, to me, it's a small moment, but it just highlights just how good John Sebastian is at these small things that make you hate him so much. As in, seeing him, you know, he was running around, he was running so labas ring like. Oh, this Vlad Nanalo. Yes. Right? So good on that. Okay. So were your expectations met at the end of the show? Definitely. Uh, this was a very strong show from top to bottom, and I don't want to say that uh, I don't want to focus on any weak points because really there wasn't so much. It was highlight after highlight after good moment. Okay. Since you say that, how? How much were your expectations exceeded then? They were greatly exceeded, primarily number one by the Path of Gold match and our visitors. All right, uh, the Japanese wrestlers and Eric Walker. Okay, so to close this, what's the grade for Path of Gold 2019? Uh, how do you, how does Chino grade it? You normal, uh, normal A, A, B, you know, B plus. Ah, okay. That type of uh, uh, I'd put it at an A plus. You know, this was an excellent show from top to bottom. People got built up. Matt, uh, great spots were had. Entertainment was had. And, you know, you came out of the show feeling like it was money well spent. So, A plus meaning wala ng S. You know, A plus na yun. Uh, ang S kasi sa akin has to have, like, you know, transcendent moment. That transcendent moment after transcendent moment. No, I'm just asking because uh, there are different scales. Eh? Like, yeah, uh, if, if you use an S, you're probably thinking about it from Devil May Cry or Ghost Fighter. Ah. Now you have the S rank, right? So, for example, A plus, you're just using the standard academic yeah, rubric. Top quality. Yeah. You're among the best of the best. Okay. All right. There you go, Anthony. Thank you so much. We've recorded for about two hours at this point. Oh my god! Including the original recording. Thank you for putting up with us, and thank you for. And that's not just for Anthony. That's for you, the listeners. Thank you for making it this far into the review. And 
Anthony, we hope that you keep attending the shows because we do love your insights on these shows. <laughs> I'll be there next show, definitely. All right, we'll see you on April twenty-eighth. So, more than that this year. All right, that's the goal. So, Anthony, we'll see you April twenty-eighth at PWR Live Destino. Thanks once again to Anthony Quelli of SmartKenry.ph for that review of uh, PWR Path of Gold. And thank you for making it this far into the podcast. So we might as well just top it all off with our picks of the week. If you've made it this far, this is quite possibly the longest episode of 2019 so far. Oh, no, man. But then again, we've only really had 11 episodes in 2019. It, it might possibly be the longest episode of the year, but stay tuned to find out if we can go longer for Revo X. <laughs> okay, so for the pick of the week, it is the one match you should catch this week if you have absolutely no time for an entire show. So I'm going to pick a match that spanned half a show, and that was the gauntlet match from SmackDown Live. That's Kofi Kingston versus Cesaro versus Sheamus versus Samoa Joe versus Rowan versus, versus Randy Orton versus Daniel Bryan. Versus the world. Galing, galing. Uh, you know, we, we've waxed poetic about Kofi Kingston and his rise and the whole Kofi mania hullabaloo. And uh, I'm, I'm just really happy that we are getting this in 2019. I am not a Kofi Kingston fan by any means. Neither am I. Yeah, like I wouldn't call myself a diehard Kofi fan, but I am supporting him. Both am, in kayfabe and in real life. I am a firm believer in this man because for one person to go the, like half a show because... We've seen we've seen all night long on on Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground. Yeah, yeah. We've seen it done on NXT once. This is just even half a show to be dedicated to you, and people still think you're not gonna make it to Mania. I don't know what's going through your goddamn minds. I am excited to wear my New Day shirt loud and proud at SmackDown after Mania. That's and then for all sure. you all you have to do is say, "Hey guys, hey X, remember yeah. me, <laughs> remember me." I hosted the Philippine chapter thing. Yeah. All right. Okay, my pick of the week is Emi Sakura versus Crystal. And yes, you will get to watch it because Full Match Fridays has promised this to us. If, for some reason, this is not up, at me, at Caveman Camus. Okay. That's the social media plug. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so do look for that on the PWR YouTube channel and Facebook feeds. That's uh, going to be in a few hours from now. Or after, maybe... I don't know. You you still have to edit a bit of this episode. Yeah. Okay. But I will say this. I will say this. This match is like we waxed poetic about it in Anthony's review. You'll see why. Okay. Now, uh, before we end this week's episode of the podcast, got to remind you about the next PWR show. It is happening on April 28th, and that is PWR Live Destino. Destino! 2 p.m. at the Power Max Center Spotlight once again, and you can get your tickets at TicketToMe.net or at the uh, PWR page or just email pwr.tickets at gmail.com but here's an event that is happening much uh, much earlier than that yes and that is the Wrestlemania viewing party which is happening for the fifth straight year at Skinny Mike Sports Bar we've never held it anywhere else we've never had to yeah, uh, we've been getting messages on the Smart Henry Facebook page. Meron mga nagtatanong na, pwede po bang magdala ng baon? And the Hindi. answer is, uh, no. It's a bar. What is wrong with you people? Bawal pong magdala ng outside food and drinks. Awa ng Diyos. Uh, May bayad asked, ba to? Yes, meron bayad. So it's 320 pesos a ticket. And this is a fundraising project for both PWR and for SmartHenry.ph. And uh, your, your ticket also comes with a free drink. 
So uh, part of the proceeds also go to the good people over at Skinny Mike's who opened the bar way earlier than any of us have any right to be in. About 24 hours pa sila. No, not anymore. Okay. Nope. Okay, uh, so there's that. Well, they uh, used to be. <laughs> somebody also asked, Pwede bang magdala ng bata? Which is a legit question. Yes. Kasi wrestling nga naman. It's yes. WrestleMania. Our answer to that has always been, yes, but be warned, you're gonna be in a bar filled with hundreds of passionate, screaming, drunk, Puyat wrestling fans on a Monday morning. Some of them might be aligaga because they have to go to work immediately after the main event. Or they are just coming back from work. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe they are stressed over their favorite wrestlers possibly not winning at Mania. So, ingat-ingat na lang because you might hear some invectives you don't mean for your kid to hear. Yep. Fair warning. Yep. You have been warned. So, oh, also, and just, just to be clear about everything... You cannot reserve an entire table or a seat or a seat beforehand. If you know this, this has happened before. This has happened at all of our viewing parties. That people say, oh, "I'm just gonna hold these three tables and throw my jacket on the table." No, doesn't work that way, guys. We will be policing. We will be keeping strict compliance with this. The I don't think the PWR talent, but. No, we're getting bartender Camus, basically. I mean, if yeah. Camus has been able to clean up the mess of someone who's taking a shit while simultaneously vomiting in a bar in Barcelona, then that I think... That has happened. That has happened. I think he can deal with ruffians who choose to reserve tables they are not meant to reserve. So, be warned once again. But we'd love to see you there on April 8th. That's a Monday for the WrestleMania viewing party. The holiday? Uh, no, the next day. The next day? April 9th. Yes. Yeah. So, magleave na lang kayo para long weekend na. So super long weekend. Though. So Tama, okay, now uh, before we end, one last reminder. Let's remind you how you can support the podcast. First, tell your friends that we exist. Second, leave us a five star rating and hit that subscribe button. And third, leave a comment and use the power of social media to spread the magic around. And we'd like to thank you for sticking with us this long into episode number 260 of the SGP podcast. 260 episodes strong, my friend. You'll probably be hearing from me again in about a month. So on behalf of the indisposed Romaran and our guest Anthony Cuello, and of course, our host for the venue, Raf Camus, my name is Stan C. Saying, I'm going to peace out for the next three weeks. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of my WrestleMania adventure. You have fun and make sure you come home with Pasalubo. Ha, fuck you. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.